at the beginning of Canto 10, they're just inside now the walls of the city of Dis after the very traumatic attempt to get through the gates um, and witnessing the tremendous power of the angel. And they look out before them and see a grey countryside, but now with flames shooting out of the ground. And Dante looks again and sees that there are scatterings of tombs everywhere, open with the heat intensely rising out from them. And he's intrigued. He wants to know, he wants to see inside them. And as ever, this isn't just about, as it were, taking notes um, or uh, um, everyday curiosity. Um, seeing always means trying to understand as well. And so the beginning of the canto is set up with us expecting or wondering quite what Dante is now going to be able to see and understand with his inner eye. It's signalled in another quite peculiar way um, that it said at the beginning, at the end of the last canto, um, that they turned right. So they're now travelling to the right, um, which they do for this canto, now canto 10. And um, it's exceptional, only happens one other time in hell, that they don't follow the usual path of left, going left. And if you remember right from the start, um, I described the journey through hell as like entering a labyrinth where you can't make wrong turnings. Um, it can feel like you're getting closer, moving further away, a lost, um, are nearly at your destination. Um, that's what a labyrinth is like. But you can't make a mistake if, as it were, you follow God's way. So turning right um, is um, peculiar here. My sense is it fits into the story because if you remember from before, Virgil has said to Dante that he has tracked this path previously, although he followed the guidelines of the necromancer. Um, so someone who wasn't following God's way, but had uh, discerned his own way um, through Dis. And I think that business of discerning your own way and how they take that path now, unusually, is another clue as to what this uh, canto is going to be about. It's, it's usually described um, as the encounter with the heretics. And again, in sort of Heretics 101, that means not believing the right things, um, believing the wrong things, um, insisting, you might say, um, on the wrong things. Um, but in a more subtle way, um, this kind of inner um, meaning of it is that you are committed to your own way. Um, that you um, lose track even of God's way. Um, and um, Dante and Virgil do that a bit um, in this canto, and they encounter people who have done that so much that they now find themselves in hell, unable, in fact, to return to God's way, you might say, um, to the true path that can lead to fullness of life. And so they find themselves stuck in hell. Um, but it's interesting that they nonetheless take a bit of a divergence from God's way. And I think that's important, too, because a little bit of heresy, a little bit of finding your own way, testing it out, actually enables you to own for yourself God's way. 
Um, if, as it were, you were just told always to do this, do that, do the other, you'd just be a kind of puppet. I wouldn't be able to share in the destination. But because you have to struggle yourself um, and maybe make wrong turnings to some degree, um, because you're following your own volition, you're testing out your own sense of things, um, but recognising when that goes off track, um, I think a little bit of heresy, if you like, is okay when it enables you to see more clearly um, the true path. So that's how I understand this uh, note that they turn right at the beginning of the, at the end of the last canto through this canto. And then, in fact, it says at the end of canto 10 that they turn left, as it were, back onto um, the usual divine way. Um, and that deviation, um, which uh, you might say in itself um, isn't initially disastrous, um, is, I think, partly what enables Dante to see more in this canto and to encounter the individuals who really have gone off from the path and so are completely lost. There's another way that shows up in the exchanges between Dante and Virgil that is pretty fascinating for its own right, but also, of course, carries meaning, has a deeper symbolism, as all things do. And that's how um, Dante um, is keeping a wish um, to himself, um, a wish to know something in this circle of hell. Um, he keeps keeping that to himself. But Virgil knows of that wish. And Virgil says to Dante, you know, I know that you're keeping this wish to yourself. Um, it creates a sense of Dante uh, holding on something, again, that's a bit illicit, um, that's a bit, he's a bit guarded about. Um, although he says to Virgil, um, I'm only telling, not telling you because you previously told me not to speak too soon. Um, so it's a nice combo because Dante is uh, partly guarded, but he's also learning. He's also learning not to speak too soon, as he had done previously. Do you remember when Virgil had told him off and he'd hung his head in shame? Um, so there's that sort of just sense of struggle between the two of them. It leads them to their first heretics that they encounter, um, and these are the Epicureans. Um, Epicureans, um, it was said, um, didn't believe in immor the immortality of the soul. Um, they believed that uh, when you die, your soulful atoms, like your material atoms, kind of return to the great atomic mush of the cosmos, um, and so you, as an individual, lose um, the possibility of immortality. Um, that's, as it were, the kind of heresy 101 um, belief that they don't have. Um, but again, it's got a sort of implicit meaning, which their commitment to that belief um, uh, leads them towards. Um, and that is a kind of self-sufficiency in Epicureanism. Um, the surviving letters of Epicurus um, tell us that um, Epicurus um, told one of his friends who he's writing to, to not rely on his friends, um, but to cultivate um, self-sufficiency, self-reliance within himself. Um, and if you like, that's the kind of existential um, uh, aspect of not believing in the immortality of the soul. Um, to believe that your soul is immortal is to believe that your life beyond death um, will somehow be sustained by the divine as well. Um, whereas if you cut that off, um, then it uh, leads to the idea that somehow you've got to make something of the one life that you've got. Um, no one else, as it were, can really make it for you. 
Um, that kind of Epicureanism is quite common, I think, now. Um, people who don't believe in life after death will often say you've got to make something of this life. Uh, that's where this life's meaning comes from, even, and that you can make something of it yourself. Well, um, it's understandable in one way, um, but the encounter with the Epicureans here in hell signals that um, whilst it may seem even noble to some degree, um, it's a very risky strategy because, as it were, you might become so convinced um, that there's no life after this life, so convinced that this focus now is what counts, that you lose the capacity to experience um, a life after this life in God's way. And so, as it were, like the Epicureans in hell, end up um, with all being lost. It's also very interesting because that attitude is precisely the opposite of what Dante has just experienced when they were stranded before the city gates of Dis, um, that it did precisely take um, divine power um, to let them through um, the gates of Dis, um, that they had to realise how they couldn't be self-reliant, that their self-sufficiency was not going to be enough. And it was a deeply painful and traumatic moment. You know, Dante really falls apart, um, as you'll recall. Um, but that moment, um, as it were, even um, without realising that they had to fall upon um, God's intervention, God's sustaining power, um, with the angel appearing, um, that enabled them to get in touch with this deeper aspect of reality. Um, this deeper side of things, which um, they wouldn't have known um, if they just relied on themselves. Um, and in a way, that's what the Epicureans, with their belief, their heretical belief, can never really fully know, um, that there is a deeper power that they can rely on that can take them through um, even the most traumatic uh, parts of life. Then um, something seemingly quite different um, appear, happens. Um, a chap pops up from one of the tombs. Um, he's heard Dante speak, recognises the Tuscan accent, um, and what well, it says actually he rises out of the grave. Um, and the image is described quite precisely that he, he rises um, just to his waist so that Dante sees him from the waist up. Um, and it's, I think, um, a kind of mock resurrection that um, this chap um, is enacting. Um, it's said that he looks then scornfully on the rest of hell. Um, he looks very proud, um, you know, as if he's managed to rise himself. Um, there's also in the commentary the observation that um, this chap looks a bit like um, the, the man of sorrows, as is described um, in the Hebrew Bible. Um, and, of course, he's not a man of sorrows. Um, he's a man full of pride and scorn. Um, so that tells you something about how this chap we're about to encounter has a different kind of um, self-sufficiency, self-reliance. Um, it's one driven by um, his sense of his own specialness, his sense of his pride. Um, and so the implication is that has he cut himself off um, from a deeper capacity to take in um, the power of the divine, um, to, to be porous to that, you might say. Um, very interesting moment that um, Dante is initially um, scared by the appearance of this chap um, and um, draws close to Virgil. But Virgil says, no, 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 you go and talk to him yourself. He pushes him away. Um, and this is the first time 
in the Inferno that um, not just Virgil has left Dante on his own, which he just did previously, but now has said, no, 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 you go and talk to um, this person, but choose your words carefully, he says. Um, and the implication is that Virgil, as a good teacher, is now um, uh, forcing, actually, Dante, but asking Dante um, to begin to try and find his own way, um, to make his mistakes, you might say, to risk even a bit of heresy. Um, and Dante, sure enough, does fumble and is quite intimidated by the encounter. Um, but nonetheless, it's kind of an important um, new step for him to take. It turns out um, that this chap is called Farinata, um, and he um, is a leading figure in the warfare in Florence in the generation before Dante. Um, he was a leader of the Ghibellines, um, whereas you'll remember Dante was from the Guelph side. Um, and there are exchanges a lot about um, the conflict in uh, Dante's, uh, in, the gen in the generation before Dante. Um, and Farinata um, says, you know, taunts Dante really and says, um, you know, I expelled your side, um, not once but twice. Um, and Dante retorts back, he says, oh yes, but, you know, we returned twice, um, you know, so you didn't actually defeat us after all. Um, there's sparring between them, but this talk of return, it turns out, is a sensitive subject for Dante because it's not just about what happened to the Guelphs, but it's raising the possibility um, about his own personal return to Florence, which um, he's about to find out from Farinata um, is going to be severely questioned. Uh, Farinata then, as it were, in another retort, uh, makes a prophecy um, and says to Dante, um, you know, in 50 sons, um, in a period of time, you're going to realise that the art of return um, is a lot harder than perhaps you think. Um, and this really starts to trouble Dante. Um, but something else um, happens before that moment, in fact, because the conversation with Farinata, um, him half out of this tomb, the flames burning, as it were, Dante uh, feeling intimidated, um, but wanting to sort of try and have a conversation about things that really matter to him. Um, that conversation is interrupted because another figure, um, or at least the head of another figure, appears out of the same tomb as well. Um, this is a, another aspect of, of hell which is going to become more and more um, common, the, the way that the souls are stacked into tombs, much like they've been kind of laid in the mud in the higher reaches of hell. Um, another chap appears, um, and Dante recognises him. Um, he's a chap called Cavalcante, and he's the father um, of um, a chap called Guido, who was another poet and contemporary of Dante. In fact, Guido and Dante were friends, um, although they had a falling out. Um, and Cavalcante um, asks Dante, um, you know, I, I, I hear you, um, this genius poet, um, walking into hell, um, but if you're here, then presumably that means my son is here too, because of his own genius. Um, the father um, sort of rather, um, a bit like a doting father, you might say now, um, uh, loving the genius of his own son, um, assumes that the two of them uh, must be there together. You know, there's, there's one genius poet here, so my son, as it were, must be in his company. Um, and this, you know, raises another kind of um, pride, um, which is the pride in someone else, rather than taking your own kind of rightful self-respect. You know, if, if Farinata and the Epicureans had been too much self-reliance, 
then it, the implication that Cavalcanti's um, fault um, is that uh, he doesn't have enough self-respect. Um, instead, as it were, he's rather given up his life um, in the life of his son, the genius poetry of his son. Um, and so when he doesn't see, this is underlined because when he doesn't see um, his son with Dante, um, and Dante recognises Cavalcante and, um, and says, ah, oh, you're expecting to meet the one um, who scorns me because of their falling out. Um, Cavalcante immediately thinks that this means um, that uh, um, his, um, his son is in deep trouble, um, uh, that he is not, as it were, with the living poet, but has died. And so, you know, presumably is another part of hell that he didn't, doesn't even really know about. Um, and it causes him um, immediately to drop back into the coffin. As it were, the implication is he hasn't even got the strength of Farinata to stay up and hear Dante's answer properly, um, such as his lack of self-respect. Um, so, you know, we're called, I think, it's, it's, you might put it like this, that it's, it's even a heresy not to respect yourself. Um, you know, if we're made in divine in the divine image, to give that up, as it were, and see only um, that genius, that image, um, even in your son, um, that too um, can cause you to lose the path, to fall away from um, the divine path. You know, in a way, um, Cavalcanti is saying, you know, I've given up trying to live my own life. Um, I'm living it now through my son. And so he's completely traumatised when um, his son um, is not there with Dante, presumably in another part of hell. Um, that life hasn't worked for him either. He's a pathetic figure against Farinata's proud figure. And you get the sense that Dante, although um, in a sort of stumbling way, is beginning to find um, the path between the two, sort of drawing on God's strength, relying on Virgil, um, but nonetheless making something of it himself. Cavalcanti falls back into the tomb and Farinata, it said, continues um, almost without kind of skipping a beat. Um, he's not remotely interested. Um, in the person that he shares the tomb with. Um, and they carry on uh, sparring um, about um, Florence and what's going to happen in the future. Um, Frenata makes this very interesting remark at this point. Um, he's so proud and um, that he's um, preoccupied with his own reputation um, and how um, his Ghibelline fellows uh, might have let him down. Um, and he says that that they might have let him down torments me even more than that I'm here in hell. Now, that in a way is impossible. You know, what can be worse than being tormented in hell? Um, but it tells you something, I think, about the psychology of uh, that leads the soul to be lost in hell. Um, that um, uh, hell, um, in this case, kind of is of his own making um, because he is so preoccupied with his own reputation. Um, and so hence saying that um, that actually stings him more um, than the flames which are burning round about. Well, the flames that are running around, burning round about really are the flames of his injured reputation. Um, so, you know, he looks stuck here um, for all eternity. Um, Dante then realises that um, he might have caused some pain to, the, um, to Cavalcante and by not assuring Cavalcante that actually his son was still living, um, that he wasn't yet in hell, that his fate, as it were, wasn't yet decided. And he asks Farinata um, to communicate um, that to 
um, Cavalcante when he goes back down um, into the tomb. Um, we presume that Farinata would do no such thing. He doesn't really seem to have even noticed that Cavalcante was there. Um, and so there's a sense that Dante is left with um, the guilt of his mistake um, uh, combined with his sort of compassion for the soul in hell. And again, you know, that's a sort of painful state to be in, um, but it's one um, that is important um, to be able to tolerate, um, to be able to recognise your own mistakes um, and yet not fall into despair. Um, because and again, in a way, that is to to lose track of the way. It's not to respect yourself enough. It's to, as it were, fall into the risk um, that the heresies, the heretics um, fully make um, when they um, j just follow their own way and lose, lose track of the path. And as if to underline that, um, Dante asks Farinata about more of the souls that are in this state. Um, we're given a couple of names, nothing much more is explored about that. Um, but again, there's a sense that Dante is kind of learning. Do you remember, you know, to name, to give something a name is to be able to differentiate um, between things that otherwise look quite similar. Um, so, you know, there are different kinds of heresy. There are different kinds of ways of straying from the path um, and the risk that that becomes permanent, um, which he's grappling with here. But Farinata drops back down into the tomb um, and Dante um, is left worrying um, partly about what's happened, but I think also about this prophecy which Farinata's given him about his own future. Um, this, this, this sense that within 50 sons, he too is going to know how difficult it is to return to Florence. Um, and Virgil notices him fixating on this, worrying about it, um, and kind of tells him off. This is the last thing he um, has to learn in this canto. Um, and gives him the warning that if you fixate too much on the future, um, which you think you've been given some glimpse of, some sense of, then you'll also be like these souls in hell, um, who, as we're learning, you know, are either preoccupied with the past um, or fixated on the future, which they get glimpses of in this strange state. Um, but they aren't able to attend to the present. And Virgil tells Dante that, look, what's happening is what's happening now. Um, and if you don't... Uh, uh, pay attention to that if you don't really let yourself experience and be changed by what's happening here and now then you'll stay on this wrong path and you'll miss actually the pathway to the destination um, that God otherwise wills for you um, and Virgil at this point uh, uh, reminds Dante that they're there because of the love of Beatrice um, and Lucia and also um, the Virgin Mary um, that's the present um, that Dante must try and pay attention to. And as if to underline it, at that point um, that Dante, the poet, tells us they turned left once more, um, as it were, they, they moved off the heretical path. Um, for all that it was helpful to learn something from doing that, primarily because Dante is able to um, uh, make the path now his own, not just the one that's kind of ordained um, and that he would be forced along as if a puppet. He's able um, to get enough sense uh, now that um, he must make that path his own. And so with that bit more will, um, that bit more understanding, um, and that bit more love and desire, um, though it's painful um, with the guilt, um, he um, and Virgil um, continue through um, more deeply into hell. Um, this plane, just by the castle um, of Dis, it said, you know, had been, was a kind of countryside of flames and tombs 
um, it's almost like a kind of vestibule um, to the deeper hell that they're now about to enter. And the canto ends um, with them coming across an unbearable stench um, that causes them to stand stock still.